coming up on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. We're going to break down the Canucks' miserable cap situation and talk about the three painful avenues they can go down to alleviate that cap conundrum. But here's a place where you're never going to find misery. Begsy Bowen, Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks. It's your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's show, we got to talk about it, Kyle. Okay, the Canucks, they have the most miserable cap situation in the NHL. They are the only team over the cap currently for next season. Uh, we're going to talk about that, break it down, and talk about the three main solutions for the Vancouver Canucks moving forward. But first and foremost, buddy, Kyle Bowen. I've done a couple of solo shows by myself. I uh, I got to say, I miss having you here, man. It's uh, not quite as fun without you here. How you doing, brother? What up, what up, what up? How's it going? Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Actually, I've been better, okay? I've been better. Uh, feeling a little off today. It happens, man. It happens. Sometimes you F up. You F up. But how do you come back from it? That ter- that determines it all, man. For real. For real. It's never easy. Actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. Sometimes it is e- easy. This this weekend was easy. More on that at the end of the show. Also, more comments. Yes, more comments at the end of the show. Because Comment Corner is where it's at. The best part of the show is always at the end where the fans take over. Uh, Begsy, good job this weekend, man. Good job, man. Solo shows. We got a ton of subscribers. That's what happens man, when the show gets more handsome. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I mean, uh, I might be more handsome, but uh, you're just the all-around package, buddy. Oh, uh, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looks and words. You know, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. what all there is to me. Uh, there's just about, about substance to me as there is to the Vancouver Canucks oh, uh, and this mess of a roster that we got to talk about oh, today. Man. And I know I said off the top that you'll never find misery here on Locked On Canucks because we're here, we're having a good time. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, <laughs> there's some things to complain about, man, seriously. Um, so let's talk about it, okay? The projections came out from Puckpedia and Cap Friendly. And the Canucks are the only team that are projected to be over the salary cap already heading into next season. We haven't even hit the offseason, man. There's still hockey to be played. Um, mm-hmm. And never mind making noise in the free agent market. Never mind any of that stuff. Canucks are already over the cap next season. Uh, so I wanted to break that down uh, just quickly for you listening out there. So again, the Canucks right now, they are projected to be over the cap. Um, the, the cap is projected right now to be at $83.5 million. <laughs> that could change. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks right now are have a projected cap hit on cap friendly of million. So they have $668,000 over the cap. Now that includes uh, Tucker Pullman and Ted Pearson uh, in that calculation. So by the sounds of it, uh, unless something turns around, both players are likely to be a long-term injured reserve um, next season. But the reason they're included in that cap calculation is you got to be cap compliant within the roster when the season starts. Oh yeah, you can bury their cap hit, which is a combined five point seven five million dollars. You can bury that on LTIR, but at the end of the day, they got to be on the roster when the season starts. So that's a conundrum for the Canucks to figure out. 
you know, maybe there's an avenue to, to trade those players. But I mean, we talked about it a lot, Kyle. Swedeners, giving up Swedeners. We're going to get into it uh, later on in this episode. A lot, a lot of avenues to pay for the Canucks. But, uh, you know, what was your first thought when you saw that the Canucks were the only team, the only team in the NHL or over the salary cap heading into next season? Dude, it's just expensive. Everything in Vancouver is expensive, man. Isn't that funny, man? Real. How ironic is that, man? Vancouver and its hockey team, the most yep. expensive things in the world. It's uh, it's something else, and uh, I'm I'm used to it. I feel as if we've mentioned this before, and I think everyone's kind of seen the graphs and all that jazz over the last couple of months. We're just we're just used to it, and now we're just awaiting how they're going to get out of this. We're also used to this too because it's been pretty obvious that Rutherford and Alvin believe that they are in cap hell. That's kind of what they alluded to right when they got here. Uh, they also said they were going to do something about it, and they've also done nothing about it. So it's always been an issue and a topic because there's so much ir- irony there and uh, so much hypocrisy. It's just it's just the way it is, and there's also not a lot of meaningful hockey being played. It's It's a storyline. It is until it isn't. Until it isn't, we're talking about one of the worst teams in hockey having the most expensive roster in hockey as well. So <laughs> it's your Vancouver Canucks. Your Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean, I guess here's one of the caveats is that, you know, one of the reasons the Canucks are over the cap is that they don't really have a lot of free agents on their roster if you want to really take a class half full to approach to um, this. And I don't think the Canucks really deserve that. But um, this is a bit of an offseason pre you can't even give them the benefit of the doubt, man. We're talking about the same team that has been in cap hell for so long. And every time they get a little bit of room via the cap, what do they do? They replace it right away. They spend it right away. So even if they had players coming off the books and, you know, there was this uh, this gap in your cap now, like a little bit of a, a, a little bit of air, you best believe right? Francesco Aquilini is writing the checks. He, he It's his favorite day of the year. It's his favorite time. He likes spending money, I think. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things, man. Anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say this. You know, it's a, it's a bit of an off season preview here, and yeah, sure. I, I don't really want to give the Canucks uh, too many flowers here because it, it, it's a mess. It's a mess. Um, and again, glass half full approach is they don't have a lot of work to do this off season in terms of resigning their own free agents. So really, Ethan Bear and Nils Hoglander are the only key RFA's UFA's that need to be resigned. Um, I know we've had some projections on Ethan Bear. Um, if you know it's a three-year contract or more, you're buying some UFA years is going to be more expensive. Um, and if it's like a one-year deal, you might be able to get them for under two million. Um, Hooklander, on the other hand, probably looking at like a million-ish range. Again, he spent most of the season in this year in the AHL, although there's certainly some potential there, and he'll require waivers this season. So I, I don't think Niels Hooklander is getting more than like 1.2 million. So not a lot of work to be on that front. But here's the big caveat because the biggest thing the Canucks need to do this offseason. Aside from clearing cap space, if the next season matters, they got to clear cap space to make the team better, is resigning Elise Pedersen. Now, Pedersen's yeah. contract doesn't expire oh, yeah. until next offseason, but he's eligible for an extension on July 1st. And it would be, let's say, prudent business to uh, get him resigned offseason. And maybe I'll throw it to you quick, Kyle. Is Pedersen going to resign with the Canucks before uh, the puck drop in 2023 uh, 24? Can they, can they sign him even if they don't have the cap to do it? You know, you yeah, know what I'm saying? For next se- yep, it's for it's next, next season, season right? Because the contract won't start till 2024, 25. So they can resign yeah, yeah. them at 15 even million bucks if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Even if they theoretically don't even have the money freed up next season, they can do it. Yeah, man. I think it's priority number one. I think Aquilini and company know it. 
I think Patterson wants to stay here too. He's Mr. Vancouver. He has the potential, right? The potential to be Mr. Vancouver, especially if the, the fan base lets him too. Again, let this guy do his thing all the time. He's Patterson, this, the savior, the alien. Uh, yeah, I, I do think he signs. How much is that based off, off of like prayer? A lot, you know, for real, getting older, getting wiser, you know, just putting things out there. Um, if I was being realistic about it, seeing what Matthew Kachuk did, it would kind of scare me, but let's not, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's, let's not go there. Yeah. And we'll, we'll save the contract. Imagine playing hockey in Florida for a good team. Imagine playing for a good team. Hockey and, feels and, different. So, so, so maybe, maybe Patterson actually, yo, am I going to go there? Competitive dude. Johnny Hockey, um, Matthew Kachuk, Pierre-Luc Dubois. They're waiting, you know, they're, they're, they're going to free agency. Those things happen or not free agency, but they're, they're letting that contract expire. Uh, I wonder if, uh, I mean, it, it wouldn't strike me, you know, if, if uh, this dude being so competitive also says, I'm going to wait, not because I don't want to be here long-term. I just want to know if this team can actually, <laughs> I don't know, play meaningful games, <laughs> you know? Yeah. For a competitive guy, yeah. that must really, really matter. He's going to get paid whatever he wants. Yeah, and uh, not to go too far down the Pedersen rabbit hole because I think talking about his contract extension is probably worth a, an episode on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting if he bet on himself and decided to play the season without a contract because, you know, he was really good last season. Like, not to say he's like he can't be better. I think he certainly mm-hmm. can be, but how much better can he be? Like, he's probably an $11 million player right now. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be maybe a $12 million player? That being Jeez. said, you know, the cap goes up a few million next offseason. Maybe things change too. So a lot of things at play here. Um, I did want to talk about, you know, maybe before we get to break, you know, the biggest bargains and the biggest mistakes on the Canucks cap book right now. And we, let's start with the bargains. Cause right now, Elias Pedersen is one of them, uh, making only 7.35 million next season, despite, you know, being one of the best players in the NHL, uh, in terms of other bargains, Quinn Hughes, 7.8, hell of a bargain, uh, Demko making 5 million, Kuzmenko at 5.5. If he does what he does, if he does what he did. This season, if he does the next season, it's going to be a bargain at 5.5. And then Hironic, obviously, he's due for a big raise, too. He's eligible for a raise on July 1st. Uh, but right now, if, again, he was, um, you know, based on the athletics, uh, statistical models worth around 8 point mil- eight, or sorry, 8 point, uh, 8.1 million uh, based on his performance last season. So um, if he provides that again, he'll definitely be a bargain on his $4.4 million wow. cap hit right now. Wow. Wow. Hironic, man. They traded for an injured guy. No, I'm, I know I didn't really add more to it, but Hironic is just one of the scariest players on this roster for so many reasons. So polarizing, you know? So polarizing because, yeah. again, he, uh, you could just see him having a 67-point season and the Canucks finishing 11th in the West. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen here? Oh, man. Yeah, well, I think you said it best on uh, one of our episodes last week. Uh, you said that Hironic you know, has to be one of those guys that finishes like 20th in Norris voting or something like that. Like yeah, he's got to like, at, like got to be on a couple of ballots uh, yeah. as a top five defender in the NHL. Um, yeah. I mean, the Canucks need to make noise next season. They're going to need players playing above their pay grade. And I think those five guys I just mentioned have the best shot of doing so. Uh, let's, let's quickly touch on the biggest mistakes. And I think that's a good segue into how do the Canucks solve this mess? Uh, but the biggest mistakes on the cap sheet, um, according to uh, this guy, uh, OEL, Myers, Poolman, Pearson, and the fact that they have four wingers making over four million bucks. So when we were prepping for the show today, I kind of quickly scanned through uh, the top 
15 teams in the NHL in terms of having the biggest cap race next season. And here are the teams that have four wingers that are making over $4 million each. The Calgary Flames, the Boston Bruins, Washington Capitals, and the Vancouver Canucks. Now, I think, aside from the Bruins, the Flames, Blues, Capitals, the Canucks all have something in common. They all missed the playoffs and they all underachieved this season. And that's because it's not prudent business to have four wingers making over four million bucks. Okay. Again, you if you if you're gonna hit on value contracts, look at the Florida Panthers with Carter Brahegi right now. By the way, the Panthers only have three wingers making over four million bucks. Vegas only has three wingers making over four million bucks next season. Um, again, wingers are the easiest players to find, they're the easiest players to take flyers on to tie yourself up into expensive winger prod uh contracts just isn't good business. And I think it all bit it bit the flames, caps, bruins, sorry, flames, caps. Blues and Canucks, it bit them all in the rear end this season. Wow. That's de- that's depressing, yo. <laughs> that's so depressing. I don't know what else to say to that. Again, we got to cut the break. I could just I could just go on a spiel right now, but um, it's well, Tuesday, yeah. man. I just got up a romantic weekend, man. We're not trying to go dark here, man. Cut the break, dude. Yeah, I said it yesterday. I probably should have saved the talking about Pedersen's greatness episode for you. Yeah. I think you would have appreciated that. But uh, yeah, he left me in charge. So I talked about Pedersen yesterday. We're here yeah. to break down the cap conundrum today. So let's get to some some solutions on the other side because um, it's really it's fair to bitch and moan about this. But uh, how are the Canucks going to fix this problem? I think there's three avenues, painful avenues at that, that we're going to talk to next. But first, I need to tell you about a product that I literally use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Now, maybe you're like me. You want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water, each day you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special wow. blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Kyle, guess what? Okay, it can be hard. It can be expensive to keep track of all those multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. I know you're over the age of 30, so this is something that you're very concerned about. But guess what? AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Wow. Who needs health insurance when you got Athletic Greens, Locked On Canucks, Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs? What a depressing start to the episode, man. I was already coming in here a little low, you know. Again, you know, effed up a little to start the day, feeling guilty, feeling dark. Uh, I'm going to learn from this. And then I walk into this and Trevor Beggs just... Dude, you brought more pessimism in that episode than my actions, yo. Just, just something else, man. It's uh, it's, it, like you're, 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 you're gonna be. Uh, I was gonna say you're gonna be a dad again, but you know, you're gonna welcome a new one. Be, be happy, bro. Be happy, man. Like, hey, you know, I, 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 I am. Thoughts yeah. turn it turns into feelings, and then feelings turn into actions. Okay, and right now you are. I'm, I'm scared. You're gonna be yelling at your son at, at like right away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in, you'd be mad at him for crying. 
Oh man. Well, uh, you know, sorry to bring this negativity in, into your downer every day. So I I'll do this for you quickly. Go mm-hmm. check out uh all week with Kyle Bowen. Oh, you know, Kyle's got about 89 shows coming out of that network. He just <laughs> uh recorded his 101st episode in a row, new episodes every tomorrow, episodes every day. Uh and I dude, I really enjoyed your episode that dropped yesterday. Um, mm. just raw, real, full of emotion. He talked about love. He talked about, you know, death and pain, but uh, a lot of love for, for your girl and, and the inspirations in your life, man. So uh, I'm very proud of you and I'm more proud of you than I am of, you know, the Vancouver Canucks. So, oh, man. Uh, low bar, yes. but I'm more proud of you than the Canucks. Um, how about this, Kyle? Let's do choose your own adventure, okay? Three avenues for the Canucks to uh, <laughs> to alleviate their cap crunch. I feel like this is like a episode or a movie of Saw here, you know? You go through the door and it's like, Want to have your arm cut off, or did you want to like jump into a pit full of needles? Um, but uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, give me your favorite strategy for alleviating cap space. The three that we had listed down here are using the 11th overall pick, trade it as leverage to clear cap space, trade a winger, um, or buy out all of Reckman Larson. Which is your preferred avenue for the Canucks to clear cap space? Besser. And that, and that, and that 11th overall pick, man, I'm leaning into it. You know, other people are talking wow. about it. You know, it's that something that, uh, it's that something that our commenter left, uh, prior to the athletic article, right. Trading Besser in the 11th pick back to Chicago for the 19th pick. It alleviates some cap space, still keeps us in the top 20. We don't lose out on, you know, not picking up a, a first round prospect this year. I know it hurts. I know it hurts, but it's, it kind of seems appealing Two only because next season matters so 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 much and cap space is needed and you bro you just you just brought up the whole Pedersen thing too that's really really important right because maybe right now there there's a number you know how you said like maybe you could like get ten it's like ten and a half eleven right what if he rips it up even more could he could he bump that number up to twelve like maybe this is the year you really got to sign him I don't know they need the cap space and that's that's the thing that makes the most sense to me because. The recession, right? Uh, money's capped up, not going anywhere as far as the salary cap raising. And nobody wants to take bad contracts, especially bad contracts from mediocre players. It's just the truth. And maybe Brock Besser is appealing to a team like Chicago because they don't really have cap problems and they need people to play with Bedard. And Besser's a good, a good dude, a good dude. And you know what organization needs good dudes in their organization? Chicago. The truth. You make you make some compelling points there. Um, the reason I don't like trading Besser in the eleventh for the nineteenth overall pick, and and I've said it before. Shout out to the Everydayers; they probably know this. Is that you know the winger market's been depressed, um, especially guys who have high cap hits. But then the day Besser's still a valuable hockey player. He's still a, to- a top six winger in the NHL. Um, you know those guys. They don't necessarily grow in trees, but it certainly feels like that more and more, uh, especially guys on value contracts. So I, I still don't love that avenue just because, again, you're you're trading down eight spots in the draft and you're giving away uh, a quality winger. I know, albeit you get to clear $6.6 million in cap space. Um, you don't have, but yeah, it's, it's not a strategy I love. Um, of those three options there, I think every day is know what I'm going to say. I would rather buy out OEL. And yeah, yeah there's going to be some pain uh, in three to four years from now, especially when it's going to cost you $4.7 million for OEL not to be in Vancouver, but the cap is supposed to go up. Um, I know, you know, none of us have a crystal ball, but it's projected to go up quite okay. a bit, uh, at that time. So 
Well, that's the yeah. Easy, I mean, that's the answer I would say too. If I actually believed, you know, that Aquilini would consider buying out another player and paying millions to another guy in the NHL that's not doing anything for his team. I also was thinking about this on a cruise the other day. Uh, Aquilini sometimes is so delusional. Maybe he really does believe in. Look, he does definitely miracle runs, right? We're seeing what happens with Florida, blah, blah, blah. But maybe he also believes that Ekman Larson can turn it around. And if he turns it around, then you got Heronic Hughes and Ekman Larson. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he believes in that too. And, and it's uh, it's crazy. But I also think it's not borderline impossible that the team buys him out because I've said it before they could. I just think there is a lot of substance to Alvin saying that because uh, saying whatever he did at the end of the year, we're not using the buyout, you know? I think he was, you know, told by Aquilini to tell the people right away. That's not that's not going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, we we just we never hear from Francesco, so it's just all hearsay, right? I mean, Gary Mason, the Francesco Whisper spoke last week. We talked about it. Go check out that episode. Matthew Kachuk and Francesco Aquilini, or something like that. Call it something like that, right, Kyle? Um, and according to Gary Mason, Francesco Aquilini has left everything up to Jim Rutherford now. And, you know, Jim Rutherford has talked about wanting to turn this team around in a hurry. You want to turn this team around in a hurry? You want to clear cap space in a hurry? Buyout OEL is the way to do it. Again, there's whether you're trading the 11th overall pick, whether you're trading a winger with value and attaching an asset to it, um, or whether you're buying an OEL, there's pain for every avenue. I mean, ideally, the Canucks are competitive in three to four years, competing for the Stanley Cup with Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko all in their primes. Uh, and that's, again, when OEL would be on the books for $4.7 million not to play for this team. So... No easy avenue here. Let us know in the comments what you think is the best way to alleviate cap space for this team. Um, Again, no avenue is easy. They all come with some pain. But uh, let us know what your preferred avenue is for the Vancouver Canucks. How about it, Kyle? You want to cut to a common corner here? Do you got anything else to say about... um, I I want to keep talking about OEL. Of course I want to go go to common corner, man. Again, I hope they buy it OEL too. I just don't. I think I'm just moved past that. It's not. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. Not in this economy. It, uh, millions and millions and millions for a long time. You know, that's that's fat, dude. Especially for an organization that's already bit the bullet. I shouldn't even say organization for a man and his family to bite that bullet all the time when it comes to again paying millions and millions and millions to people in the NHL that they don't even employ anymore. So I don't think it's going to happen. Anyways, let's cut to break. You're listening to Locked on Canucks. You're back. You're back on Locked on Canucks. Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. Okay, feeling a little bit more like myself after 25 minutes of recording. It happens, man. It happens, yo. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet. You know, and it hurts. It hurts. Beggs and Bowen. Uh, again, good job on the weekend. You did it. Solo episodes. Uh, picked up a lot more subscribers. I don't know if they're from Latvia or, again, maybe they just they just love you, you know? They just love well, you, man. You know, shout out to Latvia. I got my Latvian burgundy on today. For, oh, yeah, there um, you go. Uh, you can see it on YouTube, but if you're listening through audio, wear my Latvian burgundy. So shout out Latvia. We love Latvia. Um, I would love to go over there one day. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. If I, I I haven't seen any pictures of Latvia. Only pictures of the celebration. You know what? I'm going to go there, too. Why not? I wonder yeah, what I they... I, I, um, I, I just know, I, again, one of my best buddies is Slovak. So I know in like Eastern Europe, it's like a lot of, uh, anytime, a lot I, of mentioned a lot of country, every, anytime I mention a European country, that's not Slovakia. You're like, yeah, I don't know, but my buddy is from Slovakia. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, one of my every best time. friends growing up, man. It's, yeah, uh, I wonder what they Slovak do in Finland. Home. I don't know. I don't know what they how do in Finland. Slovaks, how many Slovaks, how many Slovaks do you know Slovakian. in Surrey BC, man? Dude, how many Slovaks do you know in Surrey BC? How many Finns do you know in Surrey BC? 
I know a few. I know a few. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to all the <laughs> more, out more than I know Slovaks. Shout out to the Hindus out there, man. One love. Common Corner, the best part of the show because we save the best for last, right? The, the, the fans matter here on Locked on Canucks. Uh, matter a lot more than us, okay? Every team needs guys like Sam Bennett and Lowry. Uh, this is from Jordan Stribe. And this is this is the cliche hockey answer, right? Every team needs a Chris Raper. Every team needs a a Kirk Maltby. Every team needs a Samuel Paulson. Every team needs a Rob Niedemeyer. Sammy Paulson, right? wow. Every, every team needs, a, what's going to hurt? A Chris Kelly, right? That one probably hurt Canucks fans right there, right? Every team needs a Rich Peverly, right? Every team needs, uh, let's keep it going. Every team needs uh, Rafi Torres. Brad Richardson. Every team needs a, I don't know, Rafi Torres didn't win a cup. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Right? Right? Every team needs a Comfer. Every team needs an Andrew Cogliano. You get what I'm saying? Every team needs a Lars Eller. Where, where are you going with this? I feel like we've diverted from Bennett and cliche, Lowry a little bit here. It's a cliche answer. You just need those guys who work hard and try harder than anyone else in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like but if you have, Not the Stanley Cup Finals, but the playoffs. If you if you have those guys on your team, like multiple players, who can actually you know do decent things offensively too once in a while, again, the ultimate tryhards who work harder than anyone else in the playoffs – yeah, your team's gonna be, your team's gonna be in good shape, and also has that POS a part of their uh, their arsenal. Yeah, those guys matter, yo. Those guys matter. I think the, I think the POS part is is uh, important, and uh, you know, family show. If you don't know the acronym, uh, if you're under the it's age of, if you're if you're a kid, don't look it up. But you know, it's all good. Uh, but for Bennett and Lowry in, in particular, I think I, I think there's two schools of thought. So okay, so. Often those guys, people love them because they are POS and, and they stir things up. They score some goals. They, they they cause some havoc. There's also the school of thought that these guys are overvalued. And I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder. I did read another comment where someone basically said that Sam Bennett sucks. <laughs> and again, we're, I was talking about players who are maybe com- comparable to Sam Bennett in the sense that not necessarily the exact same player type, but between the ages of 22 to 24, um, not really hitting their stride with the team who drafted them and could be looking for a change of scenery. That was kind of my um, uh, my layout for that episode. Go check it out if you missed it. Um, Canucks trading for the next Sam Bennett. So, yeah, I mean, Sam Bennett, I think he brings a lot to the table, but it's, yeah, you don't want to be trading, like, you know, multiple first-round picks or something stupid like that Ooh, okay. for, for a guy Sam in Bennett's caliber. Who, who thinks Sam Bennett sucks? One of our commenters did. He doesn't suck, bro. He doesn't suck, man. That guy tries so hard. He tries so hard. He makes things happen. Worthy of a top five pick, I don't know. But if he becomes a Stanley Cup champion and also is like a big part of it, because he is a big part of it, plays a lot with Matthew Kachuk, mm-hmm. dude, he's one of those guys. And, uh, you watch you watch hockey, and I know the com- uh, the commenters hate this, but I-, I know Begsy watches more hockey than me. I think you can attest to it. There's not There's not a lot of guys like Sam Bennett out there that does it like that. He takes it to another level, man. Yeah, okay. like if you, if you think level. about if you think about Vegas, yeah, there's not really necessarily a comparable player on Vegas. I mean, like there's William Carey and Keegan Coles are on the fourth line, but they're not like scoring at a top six rate like Bennett and also stirring things up like a fourth liner. So yeah, yeah, I know Bennett's bring bring a lot to the table right now for Florida. And uh it's one of the reasons I talked about him, right? He's he's part of their yeah. success right now. hundred percent, hundred percent. Next comment we got. Uh, we got two comments here, okay, uh, on uh, the Pedersen <laughs> video, okay? Best Canuck ever? He said yes. He has potential to do so. Most impactful? 
not yet. Because again, results matter. It's too it's too early to say he'll be the most impactful unless you're really hopeful. But the most skilled Canuck, best player, he's on the path to be there just based on what he's done early in his NHL career. I mean, it's it's him or Pavel Bure when it comes to most skilled and uh, individual talent, for sure, for sure. Uh, there's a comment below that as well, telling Trevor to do the commercials at the end. <laughs> uh, if, only, if only it worked that way, but uh, our, our overlords here at Locked On would, uh, would not approve. So sorry, oh. Mookat, not to, not to toss, the, uh, toss the bell, but, you know, our hands are a bit tied here. We got, we were told to read the ads. Oh, we love reading uh, the ads, too, man. Come on, Trevor, put a smile on your face, man. You I, know, I, think, I, I, I think I do my best to make the ad reads. We'd love to put all the ads at the end of the show. Look, look I'm, a, to... I'm a big – look, look, look. Okay, okay. Bird dog shorts. Okay, now I'm yeah. showing up. Bird dogs didn't even pay for a spot in the show. I'm, I wear my bird dog shorts a lot. AG1, Athletic Greens, a product I literally yeah. use every day. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm, you I'm, I'm even a fan use... of the products, man. Yeah, man. They're, help, exactly. they're, they're the reason that we're – okay, number one reason we're here, the fans. Second reason we're here, the advertisers. That's just the way no, it is. Because our parents made love to each other. <laughs> Okay. Yo, locked on Canucks, man. Locked oh, on Canucks. Your team every day. Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs. Thanks for that, man. You got me out of the the rut. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of our parents making love, I think you wanted to touch on uh, you being a romantic. Oh. Before we get out of here. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't being romantic, dude. My girl was being romantic. Okay, I just went to the, the most beautiful place in the world. Shout out to Sunshine Coast, yo. I used to, I used to think Surrey was the most beautiful place in the world. Okay, <laughs> only until I went to the Sunshine Coast, man. <laughs> Oh my god, man! I went oh, to some wait. secret cove place. I think literally secret was in the title of like the venue, or not not the venue, but the resort. It's somewhere in Shelt, in Shelt Seashine Coast, where it's staying in some tree houses. She, she, I guess, I guess. Anyways, I was I stayed up in a tree house, was parked right beside uh, the Pacific Ocean again in a tree house. Luxurious treehouse, bro, man. I don't know what, bro. It, it was so beautiful, bro. That there is no way. Again, she got she she took me there for my thirtieth birthday. There is no way I'm going on the resort's website to see how much that thing costs because her birthday's coming up next month. I'm not going down that rabbit hole, okay? For real. Oh no, she set for the real. bar. <laughs> we're not to pay, man. Honestly, yo, overdue, man. For real, we. I'm not looking at that, dude. Cactus Club Delta. I'm looking at that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, baby. Okay, locked on Canucks. Trevor Banks, outbound. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's uh, good, good to have you back on the show, buddy. I, I, I'm sure at least some of our listeners missed you, but I, I certainly missed you. Um, so thanks for being back. Uh, shout out to you for returning to Locked on Canucks. Shout out to you for listening to this episode of Locked on Canucks, your team, every day later this week. Got to talk about Quinn Hughes, okay? Still, still ripping through player reviews, Quinn Hughes. Did he just he did he just have the best season ever by Canucks defenseman? Uh, Worth uh, a debate. We're gonna talk about hey, 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 hey. Gotta sell, gotta sell Cal, okay? okay. Worth, no, no, a like, worth a debate. Worth a debate. I think you're gonna I I think I know what you're gonna do, and I'm excited to hear it. We'll talk about it All later right. this week. Uh also want to touch on some third line center targets, specifically Ross Colton. Uh so to stay tuned for that episode. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs, that guy's Cal Bowen, and you've been listening to Locked On Canucks. Bro, you keep talking about Ross Colton. Is that the name of your son or something? Ross? Ross Beggs? <laughs> no, no, man. I'm not naming myself Ross. Unbelievable.